Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Rick Edelman here with your podcast of The Rick Edelman Show. This podcast features questions from listeners like you. You know, you can talk to me too, right on the air, and ask your own questions. Interested? Just call 888-PLAN-RICK or go to rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. Click listen at the top of the homepage. You can ask me about anything you want. Investments, taxes, mortgages, insurance, college planning, retirement planning, buying houses, leasing cars, getting out of debt, whatever you want. Again, just call 888-PLAN-RICK or go to ricedelman.com. Now, enjoy this week's show. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of the station. Do not use the show's content as the basis for any investment decisions. Instead, consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence. Rick Edelman is an investment advisor representative of Edelman Financial Services, a registered investment advisor which furnishes this program and also a registered principal of VF Legacy Securities, an affiliated broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Rick recorded this week's show on Thursday, supposedly so he could get an extra hour's sleep due to the change to daylight savings time. We actually don't doubt that. Although he took calls from listeners, you're only hearing the ones where he knew the answers. Because he's a financial advisor, not Rip Van Winkle. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Now, here's Rick Edelman. A very happy weekend to you, especially if you're in the job market. The Bureau of Labor Statistics here on the Rick Edelman Show has just announced that we created almost 300,000 jobs last month. Economists were widely predicting only 190,000. We got 300,000. So the economy is jiggering along just fine. Thank you very much. No wonder the stock market has hit all-time highs in uh, recent weeks. But treasuries are headed for their biggest losing streak in five years. The 10-year treasury is now at about 2.6%. Now, the higher the interest rate, the lower the price, which means stocks are going up, bonds are going down. So I want to ask you a simple question. What are you doing about it? Are you buying stocks because stocks are doing great? Are you selling bonds because bonds are going down? Are you doing nothing at all because you don't realize you're supposed to? This is the opportunity for rebalancing. When you have a big change in market values, when one asset class becomes overvalued and another one becomes undervalued, now's the time for you to rebalance the account. We've rebalanced about half of our client accounts since the beginning of this year at Edelman Financial Services. you got to ask yourself, have you? If not, why not? Now, there could be a legitimate reason. Like I said, only half of our client accounts have rebalanced, so it depends on what you own, how long you've owned it, the tax scenario, the cost scenario, the base and goals, objectives, risk, liquidity, all that kind of good stuff. But you got to ask the question so that you're making a proactive decision as to whether or not a rebalance is appropriate and suitable for your circumstances or not. And then you got to ask the question, if it is appropriate and suitable for you to be doing something, what is it you should exactly be doing? Avoid the mistake of buying more stocks today merely because you're excited that the stock market is doing so well. And avoid the mistake of selling bonds today merely because bonds have been going down. Quite frankly, you could be discovering that the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. You need to be selling stocks and buying bonds. That's what rebalancing is all about, that argument holds. And so you need to talk to your financial advisor about that. And oh, by the way, 
Let's take a further look at that jobs data. It's not wonderful news for everyone everywhere. Radio Shack just announced that they're seeking bankruptcy protection yet again. They're closing 200 stores. They've only got 1,500 left. You see, back in the 90s, they had 5,000 stores. They bragged that they had a store within five miles of every American. Not anymore. They've gone from 5,000 to 1,500, and now they're closing 200 more of them. Why? Well, maybe it's because of the products that they're selling. Full-page ad that Radio Shack ran promoted a weather forecaster, an AM-FM radio, an alarm clock, stereo headphones, a calculator, a cell phone, a music player, voicemail, a video recorder, an audio recorder, a console for playing games, writing documents, and doing spreadsheets, and an audio speaker. And all of those products were yours, according to this Radio Shack ad, for $3,734. Oh, my goodness. Here's the amazing thing. All of those products are available to you for free on your smartphone. And yet, running to Radio Shack and loading up the trunk of your car with all of that stuff would have cost you 3700 bucks. Okay, I'm cheating a little bit. Radio Shack didn't run that ad in the newspaper this week. They ran that ad in the newspaper in 1991. So things have changed a little bit, huh? And if you're unable to change with the times, well, you end up in bankruptcy like Radio Shack has. And this is the issue, isn't it? It's exponential technologies that are changing the face of the economy and virtually every other aspect of our planet as well. And you've got to look at the jobs that really matter, that jobs are going to last into the future. Look what J.P. Morgan Chase just announced. They announced this week that they're using artificial intelligence to review paperwork that they used to have lawyers review. Commercial loan agreements that last year J.P. Morgan Chase hired lawyers to review the agreements to make sure the documents are correct. Last year, J.P. Morgan Chase paid lawyers for 360,000 hours of work. 360,000 hours of billable time by lawyers and J.P. Morgan's new software using artificial intelligence now does the job in seconds and makes no errors. The computer also never asks for a vacation. 360,000 hours of billable time reduced to seconds. J.P. Morgan is spending $10 billion a year on technology, 9% of its corporate uh, gross revenues. you got to wonder about the lawyers and loan officers who have just been replaced by a computer. This is why, if you look at Glassdoor, they just announced 2017's best-paying jobs. 25 of them and half are in science and technology. A quarter of them are healthcare, and the other quarter are finance, management, and legal. This is completely consistent with my new book, The Truth About Your Future, where I talk about extensively college planning and career planning, the careers that are going to survive and thrive in the 21st century, and there are only four categories. Thinking, creating, managing, and communicating. That's it. Those are the dominant themes for occupational success in this century because robots and computers are going to replace just about everything else. And that's why you need to read my new book, The Truth About Your Future, the money guide you need now, later, and much later. I'm really excited about it because the book's coming out the end of this month. You can pre-order it right now, by the way. And in fact, I'll give you a little bit of an enticement to do so. We've produced a short video, about 10 or 12 minutes long, covering a couple of the most important themes of the book. The video is only available to you if you pre-order the book and send me a copy of your receipt. Send it to book 
at rickedelman.com. Everybody who's done that already, and there have been lots of you, thank you so much for doing that. We've put the video into the uh, email to you, and you'll get the link. If you haven't gotten it already, you'll have it by uh, Monday morning. And um, you'll really enjoy this video because it'll show you how life is changing, how we're going from a linear lifeline to a cyclical lifeline. You need to read the book to find out what I'm talking about there. And, oh, by the way, we're sending that video as well to all of our clients. Of course we are. Clients don't have to buy the book. We're sending a copy of the book to all of our clients too because, you know, hey, well, you're our client. Um, So our clients get the book. Our clients get the video. And if you want them both, pre-order the book now, The Truth About Your Future, at your favorite bookseller, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, whoever, and send us a copy of your receipt, and you'll get the book and the video this month. The book's getting a lot of uh, rave reviews. Ray Kurzweil. Is a big deal name in uh, the field of technology. If you're not familiar with Ray, go Google him. He's considered the Thomas Edison of our generation. Uh, perhaps w- w- some folks call him one of the smartest men on the planet. A futurist, inventor, and author. He's on the faculty of Harvard. He's Google's director of engineering, uh, along with a bunch of other things, such as the founder of Singularity University, where I attended and got the executive program certificate in 2012. And now I'm on the faculty there, an investor there. And Ray uh, has written um, a blurb for my book, and he writes, in his highly approachable book, Rick Edelman provides deep insights into exponential technologies and the disruptions they cause. He provides outstanding, specific, and actionable advice to be the beneficiary of our transformed future, and in particular, in an era of error, faster change. That's Ray Kurzweil, inventor, author, and futurist. And I'm really excited about the book because it's going to help you figure out how to interpret what's going on with big data, robotics, bionics, bioinformatics, 3D printing, education tech, financial tech, artificial intelligence, nanotech, augmented reality, virtual reality, the Internet of Things, cybersecurity, covering such subjects as your career, education, protecting your privacy, investing, insurance. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long-term care, estate planning. The book comes out at the end of this month. I hope you'll uh, pre-order it because we're really excited about it. This is my ninth book, and um, it's kind of weird, you know? I mean, I've written eight other books over the last 20 years. Why write another one? I'm convinced that this book, The Truth About Your Future, is the most important book I've ever written because there's a lot of uh, – we're seeing daily news stories, aren't we, about technology – And I'll share some more ideas and concepts and announcements later on in the program today. But the big issue, quite frankly, is that everybody's talking about tech, but nobody's talking about what it means for you. What's the implication on your personal finances? And that's what my book is all about, the truth about your future, the money guide you need now, later, and much later. Pre-order it at your favorite bookseller right now, and you'll get a copy of my video by letting me know. Email book at rickedelman.com, and we'll send you the video link for free so that you can enjoy what it has to say and offer you. I'm Rick Edelman. Your phone call's coming up. Stay with us.
with the founder of one of the nation's largest independent investment advisory firms. Coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. You're listening to The Truth About Money. Triple H Plan Rick and Joe's on the phone from Santa Clara. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Fine, Rick. How are you doing? Doing terrific. Thank you very much. How can I help you? Uh, my question is this. I have a 401k. It's uh, a Janice 401k. I've had it for uh, around six years. I, I work. I contribute to it every every paycheck. And I always hear about... These, these financial people coming out and they're saying that you need to come to my program and check it out because the stock market's going to crash, it's going <laughs> to do this, and you need to be prepared. <laughs> now, I remember the stock market crash of 2008. I was in a 401k plan at that time. Unfortunately, I don't have that because of, I'm divorced, but I started a new one six years ago. Like I say, I'm in the same plan. And my question to you is, I'm 58 years old. I hope I can retire at 68, but I want to just keep it in the same fund and keep contributing. Would you suggest keep it in in that fund or move it around to where the problem is, I don't know what's making money. You put it in something, it loses money, and... I know the minute I take it out, the Janus fund is going to go up and I'm going to lose. You know, that's the age-old question every investor is asking themselves. Do I stay out and watch it go up or do I get in and make it go down? <laughs> so, you know, that's that's you know the, the, the question, Joe, everybody's always asking themselves. And you never know because you're, you know, you're certain you're going to do it wrong. Whatever you should do, you should have done the opposite and so on. So all I can tell you is the following. Because uh, you didn't give me enough detail about the fund you're in and all those other circumstances, and I don't even care. The fund I'm in is no, no, I don't. I no, I don't care. Because what I'm about to tell you is independent and going to work no matter what fund you're in. And here's the deal: the first step, as you've already suspected, is to completely ignore all of these jokers who are trying to manipulate you by instilling fear or greed as the basis for action. If they're trying to tell you, hey, you better do what I tell you to do because the market's going to crash, that's just fear-mongering and it's a sales pitch designed to be in their best interest. And vice versa. Hey, you better do what I'm telling you to do because I'll make you rich. Equally obnoxious and incorrect. The regulators would call that promissory. And that's a big no-no according to the SEC and FINRA. So we need to Walk away from anybody who's trying to manipulate you emotionally. So let's start with that premise of ignoring those guys. The second step is to recognize that investing is about achieving goals. We know, as you've experienced from 2008 and even earlier than that, that the stock market, all the financial markets, they fluctuate. They go up, they go down, they're all over the place, they're unpredictable, and Despite all of that, we have to achieve our goals. You said you want to be able to retire by the time you're 68. That's a very specific goal and good for you for having one. Now what we want to do is put a a number, a dollar sign to that goal. How much income do you want to have 
at age 68 to support yourself the way that you like. Once we know the dollar amount involved, now we can take a look at how much money you've already got saved and how much you're adding to your savings on a monthly basis. And that lets us determine what the rate of return needs to be on your investments. We may discover that based on how much money you've already got in your 401k and elsewhere and how much money you're adding on a regular basis and the fact we have 10 years to go, we might determine that you need a 4% rate of return. Or we might determine that you need a 7% rate of return or some other number. Once we know the number, now we know what kind of investment strategy we should use to achieve it. Because if all you need to get is 1%, the answer is a bank CD. But if you need 7%, now we know we have to have a lot of it invested in the stock market. Because history tells us that stocks generate the highest returns over long periods of time. Ten years is a long period of time. I'm not saying that past performance indicates future results or that you won't ever experience volatility. So we need to do it from a financial planning perspective, starting with our goals, doing some basic arithmetic calculations. Okay, fine, not so basic, but we need to do those calculations so that we can then say to you, here's the kind of investment strategy, and that tells us whether or not the Janus Fund you currently own is the right one or the wrong one. Make sense? It makes a lot of sense. It does. And, you know, I, I kind of knew a lot what you were saying but it's reassuring to hear you say that. Good. Well, uh, I've, I, I've spoken to you a few times, and I listen to your show, and I, you are my go-to guy. I got to have you for, so I can understand all this. But it was very good. Thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome, Joe. But I have to say this to you: I might be your go-to guy, but you haven't gone to me yet. You're listening to it on the air, but you haven't been to the office yet. No, you're right. You're right. And I, I do want to go. I, I actually am. I'm trying to get my company that I work with to come to your 401ks and, and have you guys uh, manage our 401k because the current one we're in, I don't like it. It's a new it's an annuity. And we don't get dividends. So we'd be happy. You know, we manage 401k plans for lots of employers around the country, and we'd be happy to talk with your employer as well about that. Uh, the Edelman 401k has been around for a number of years, and and we'd be happy to talk with your employer about it, also uh, to assist you in this. And and that's really the key because everything we've been describing here on the radio, and what I do here on this radio show every single week, is let's admit it, it's general information. It isn't specific to your individual circumstances, which is why we play that disclaimer at the top of every hour. Don't act on the information here on the show. Instead, use it as the basis for learning more about how it applies and is relevant to your own personal circumstance. So that's why, Joe, I tease with you that if you spend, instead of a couple of minutes with me on the radio from time to time, let's spend a good couple of hours together with uh, you and my colleagues. We'll be able to give you a much better answer, a much more thorough answer, a much more personal answer, and that, I think, will be of greater value to you. How can I find out? Uh, if, I know you're located here in Santa Clara somewhere. I know you do have an office there. All you got to do is go to our website, go to rickedelman.com, ricedelman.com, and on the top of the page, you just click the locations button, and we'll be able you'll be able to see right exactly where we are and um, drop you know click the button. You know, I want to talk to an advisor. Shoot us your email address, and we'll uh, contact you right away and uh, go from there. 
beautiful. Rick, thank you so much. You've been very helpful. That's my goal, Joe. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Truth About Money. Triple Eight Plan Rick. Online at ricedelman.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Learn how to diversify your investments. Try Rick's free guide to portfolio selection at rickedelman.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. We're taking your telephone calls at 888-PLAN-RICK. Tom called that number. He's in Denver. Welcome to the program, Tom. How are you? I'm good, Rick. How are you doing? Doing great. How can I help? Hey, uh, my question is, I'm uh, 52 years old. I've been in the same house for the last 25 years. Plan to be there for probably 25 or 30. Uh, The house is built in the 30s, so it could do... It's it's in need of a major overhaul, Um, sewer line, plumbing, kitchen, bathroom, electrical, HVAC, and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm getting bids of around $300,000 to do the overall. I owe right now about two fifty dollars on the house, and I'm trying to decide if it makes sense at at my age to take on another $300,000 worth of mortgage debt or if I should just leave the house as is and and be prepared for some expenses over the next coming years. What's the value of the house? The house right now is about $700,000 as is much of what you've just described strikes me as repairs and maintenance as opposed to genuine improvements. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. In other words, if you do these things, are you going to increase the value of the house? It would increase. Um, I don't know that I would ever realize that because if I'm going to stay there for another 30 years, the reality is they would probably scrape the house at that point when somebody bought it. Gotcha, which means they're going to knock it down and they're not going to care about the improvements that you've made and the money you've spent. And on that basis, this now becomes a lifestyle decision. Even if you did replace the roof today, in 25 years, you're going to have to replace the roof again, um, even if they don't Mm -hmm. uh, knock it down. So uh, it becomes a lifestyle decision. And since the house is $700,000, and you only have a mortgage of 250000 I would say, yes, go mortgage the uh, expenses you're dealing with. There's no reason to write a check for three hundred grand. 
Uh, you can go get uh, mortgage refinancing at the 4% range, you know, give or take, mm-hmm. and end up with a monthly payment that is you know, nothing compared to writing a check for $300,000. And since it's going to be sustained at least by the value of the house, if not increase the value of the house, um, then you know, that's the way to go about doing it. So you have to decide, is it worth it spending that money as opposed to selling the house for seven hundred grand and going and buying a new house? That's okay. that's the real question. Okay, so it's not really an age issue of you know taking on another three hundred thousand dollars of mortgage debt versus just what I want to do with the house longer term. Yeah, I mean, from a strictly economic perspective, the smartest strategy is probably selling the house and buying a new one for seven hundred grand. And the reason I say that is that right now you have net equity of four hundred. We're going to call it four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. If you Put three hundred grand into these improvements and maintenance repairs that you're describing. You're no longer going to have four hundred fifty thousand dollars. You're now going to have one hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Okay, right. And when you go to sell the house, the house is still going to. It's not going to grow in value by very much. So you're really not doing yourself a lot of good. On the other hand, if you sell the house and you take the 450 grand and go buy a new house of, a, of roughly that amount, now you're all to the good. Now that'll grow in value because you won't have thrown away all that extra money. So uh, that could argue for selling the house and buying another one. But that also argues that you're going to buy a cheaper house. And you might say, no, that doesn't work. I'm going to trade this 700 grand house for that 700 grand house. And if you're going to do that, it's a wash. It doesn't matter which one you do. So bottom line is, to make it really short and more simple for you, it's a lifestyle decision. If you love the house, you love the location, and as you said, I'm going to live there another 25 years, go ahead and do it. Just finance the entire exercise. Don't pay cash for the work. Okay. Okay. All right. That helps. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for calling. I really appreciate it. I'm Rick Edelman. 888-PLAN-RICK is our telephone number. You know I have dogs, right? Good morning. Do you know what your terrible dogs did this morning? I'm gonna buy me a dog. A dog. A dog. Why? Why? Because I need a friend now. Yeah, Gene, uh, we were getting ready to go to bed the other night. We've been, we've been yelling at Vicky because she's been chasing deer. And she every time she does... They kick the heck out of her. I mean, she keeps losing these fights. So we, Gene finally convinced Vicky to stop chasing deer. Good. So the other night, Vicky sees another animal, much smaller, much more her type, and Vicky decides to go after it. Well, this animal is black and white. Name an animal that's black and white. Yeah, you guessed it. Vicky comes into the house, a little sheepishly, I might add, and Jean immediately freaks because the smell was everything you have heard the smell to be. And, of course, it's 1030 at night, so throw her into the shower. The, the dog, that is, not Jean. And um, we didn't get a whole lot of sleep that night. But. So, yeah, the latest with our dogs. Um, let me give you the latest. On the fiduciary rule, Uh, there's an acting chairman of the SEC, and he recently said of the Department of Labor's fiduciary rule, quote, I think it's a terrible, 
horrible, no good, very bad rule. That rule was never, ever about investor protection. That rule was about one thing, enabling trial lawyers to increase profits. Meanwhile, Anthony Scaramucci, who's um, an insider with the Trump administration, the founder of a hedge fund, he told a conference of advisors that he, quote, hates the Department of Labor rule. He said it's because in periods of high volatility, quote, customers can sue you. Um, So is it any wonder that the Department of Labor has asked for a delay for the new rule because the Trump administration has requested this? In fact, DOL has now removed from its website a document that helped consumers understand the fiduciary rule. It had a uh, basic facts uh, and questions that you could ask your advisor, and that document no longer exists on their website. So I'll ask you anyway. Is your advisor a fiduciary? This is why, according to one recent survey, wealthmanagement.com, they surveyed wealthy investors and a quarter of them said they don't work with an advisor because they don't think the advisor would act in their best interest. That was a common response. You need to make sure your advisor is willing to act in your best interest because you know what? Some of us really are willing to do it. Some of us have been doing it for a really long time. There are advisors who are willing to help you as a fiduciary serving your best interest. We're one of them. So call us at 888-PLAN-RIC or visit us online at ricedelman.com. We're off to Connecticut. We're talking with Jim. Welcome to the program. Jim, you're on the air. Oh, how you doing, Rick? Doing terrific. What can I do for you? Soon my wife and I will receive many annual reports and stock proxies. Mm. Is it worthwhile to vote all these proxies? Well, of course. Of course it is. Just the same thing it's worthwhile voting in the November elections. I mean, if you don't vote, then you don't get a say. You're squandering your say, and this is democracy. There are people all over the world who would kill for the ability to have a say in the uh, executive leadership management strategic decision-making of the companies that they wish they could invest in. So, of course, there's a value in voting. Having said that, as you know, there are tens of millions, in many cases hundreds of millions of shares of stock of a given company, and the big institutions own the big block of it, so is your tiny little vote going to make any difference? Well, you could say that about the presidential election itself. Uh, Is your vote going to matter? I believe it does. So yes, I would argue that you should vote your proxies. I will tell you this, the real way you solve the problem is by not owning individual stocks in the first place. If you instead own exchange-traded funds or mutual funds, the funds are going to get those proxies, not you. And they'll take care of it using their institutional uh, resources that makes them, I believe, probably more capable of determining how voting ought to occur uh, rather than you doing it on individual stocks one at a time. So I would argue this is yet another example of the hassles and disadvantages of owning individual stocks compared to owning baskets of stocks via stock funds. Uh, But the call is entirely yours. But yes, Jim, one of the responsibilities of being a stock owner is voting the proxy. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. I'm really glad you called. You can do that, too. You know, anytime you like, just call this same phone number, 888-PLAN-RIC. That's 888-752-6742. Or visit us online at ricedelman.com and click that red button. I want to talk to an advisor. We'll help you as well. author of the number one bestseller, Rescue Your Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. 
And we are back at the Rick Edelman Show, Triple Eight to Plan Rick, anytime you like. We're talking with On Ands now. He's on the phone, and welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. What can I do for you? Oh, well, thanks for taking my call, Rick. Um, I have a question regarding tax loss harvesting. Uh, on some of the robo-advisors' websites, they speak about the benefits of tax loss harvesting. I was curious if you could tell me what it is and how much return per year it adds to one's portfolio. Uh, tax loss harvesting is uh, uh, an investment strategy that – how do I want to phrase this? Uh, it is of value. It is something that talented, effective, experienced, diligent financial advisors provide to their clients. However, having said that, I find that many of these online investing sites make it a much bigger deal than, in fact, it really is. Um, it's just not – the greatest thing since sliced bread, and some of these sites make it seem like, oh my God, we do this, and if nobody else does this, blah, 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 and they're just all over the place. Drives me crazy. So let me explain to you what it is. You, most folks have a diversified portfolio. They own a variety of stocks and bonds or a variety of mutual funds or exchange-traded funds. And when you have a highly diversified portfolio that is spread out among a wide variety of asset classes and market sectors, at any given moment, one of them is going to be rising in value more than another. Some of them are going to be falling in value more than another. Does all that make sense? Yes. So if that occurs, we know what happens if you sell an asset that has risen in value. You're going to pay taxes on it, right? Yes. But if you have an asset that has fallen in value and you sell it, that's a capital loss. That's a tax deduction. And that's what tax loss harvesting is. Tax loss harvesting is merely looking at your portfolio to see if you have lost any money in your any of your investments. And if so, selling those investments at a loss to capture the tax loss, then taking the money and moving it to an alternative, similar investment in order to preserve the investment strategy. In other words, you wanted your money in this asset class, you bought a fund to do it. We're going to sell fund A to buy fund B, giving us tax loss on fund A, which we can either use as a straight-out tax deduction or use it to offset the gains that, we would have, that we've incurred on the sale of other profitable assets. Does that make sense? Yes, so far, absolutely. So the problem with it, and the reason I don't get all that excited and worked up about it, is twofold. Number one, if you're investing correctly, you're not supposed to be producing losses. So we shouldn't be bragging about all the tax loss harvesting. Morons. You know, if they were doing it right, they wouldn't be producing it. It's sort of like saying, you know what? I'm a great driver, and I'll avoid the police when I speed. Well, Hello, you're not supposed to be speeding in the first place. You know, so let's not get overly excited about the strategy here. Number two, if I own an investment and it's gone down in value and I'm going to execute the tax loss harvesting, I have to sell that investment and then I got to buy a different investment because of the wash sale rules, which can negate the um, buying and selling of assets for tax purposes. And on that basis, I have to sell an asset that I bought because I like it best to buy a replacement asset that I obviously didn't buy the first time because I didn't like it best, but now I'm stuck buying it the second time in order to execute the tax loss harvesting, which means maybe I'm, end I'm ending up with an inferior portfolio compared to the one I originally wanted and obtained. So maybe 
not selling at a loss is the better thing to do. Maybe what I should do is buy more of it while it's down so that when it recovers, I own more of it. My recovery will be faster. My ultimate long-term profits will be higher. And that, my friend Anand, is called strategic rebalancing which we believe is of greater value to the client in the long run than merely tax loss harvesting. Because when you're engaging in strategic rebalancing, we're basically saying, instead of selling the asset that's low, maybe we ought to be buying the asset that's low. And in that context, we believe maybe we'll produce results in the long run that are even better for the client, even though they may not be in the short run ideal from a tax management perspective. And that's because investing isn't about minimizing taxes. Investing is about maximizing wealth. So, and that takes me to the final question you asked, how much difference does it make in a portfolio year to year? How much extra return will you get by tax loss harvesting? Well, the more losses you've got, the bigger benefit that there is. But you can realize the inherent absurdity of that statement. You're going to get really excited because I generated a lot of tax losses for you, or you're going to be annoyed because I generated a lot of losses for you. So, like I said, the guys in these websites that are promoting this highfalutin tax loss harvesting strategy, I think it's 80% marketing and 20% real. Great. Thanks so much. I'm really glad you called. I'm Rick Edelman. you got to watch out. You know, when there are so many new players in the investment management business and they're coming up, you know, they got to build a better mousetrap. Why is it that you would go to a brand new company, a startup with no prior experience managing money that in the case of a lot of these online sites are being run by technocrats? They're not financial professionals and they... I'm trying to convince you with no prior experience managing money who weren't around in the crash of 08, so they can't tell you how they performed. How do they convince you to invest with them? Well, they got to come up with a better mousetrap, so maybe they'll do it for free. Maybe they'll brag about tax loss harvesting in a, wow, isn't this, uh, wow, you never heard of that, have you? Well, maybe the reason you never heard about it before is because the rest of us who have been managing money for 30 years are saying, it's just not worth bragging about. So you got to ask yourself, why are they touting this? How come I never heard of this before? And if none of the others are talking about it, is there a reason why? So Anand asked exactly the right question. And if you have similar questions, if you're getting some kind of pitch somewhere or other and you're not sure how to make hay of it or not, just give me a call. We'll be happy to error check it for you, soundboard it, and give you a second opinion. The other side of the coin that maybe they didn't promote or talk about, just call us at 888-PLAN-RICK and my colleagues will get you all the info you need. Uh, You know, that's interesting. Sometimes people are a little hesitant, and maybe this describes you, uh, to contacting uh, an advisor you've never talked to before or called before. And, you know, how can you be sure uh, that, they're, that you're going to like them and they're, they're a good fit for you, um, delivering the services you need and providing the kind of advice that uh, is necessary for your situation? You know, here's an easy way you can do it. Take a test drive. You know, we often talk about the seminars that we do around the country. We're doing one right now called Preparing for Retirement. 
you know, in addition to getting a lot of fabulous information at the seminar we're doing right now preparing for retirement, it's about three major subjects, your retirement accounts and IRAs, Social Security, and beneficiary designations. A fast 90 minutes. It's a lot of fun, really informative. We're doing the seminar this Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 7 p.m., in Arlington Heights and Tinley Park in Chicagoland, in Maryland and Virginia, Columbia, Towson, Fairfax, and Alexandria, Columbus, San Diego, Richmond, St. Louis, Hartford, Connecticut, and Tarrytown, New York. We're doing the seminar again Tuesday and Wednesday, March 21 and 22, in Summit and Manhattan in New York. It's 15 bucks a person. That's it, 25 a couple. That's a great way to take a test drive. In other words, you know, instead of trying to figure out, hey, are these folks really for me? You know what? You spend a fast 90 minutes with us. You get to hear the information we have to offer, see if it makes sense for you, have a couple of casual conversations with colleagues of mine at Edelman Financial Services. I think you'll really enjoy the experience. And if nothing else, it'll help for you to confirm if we're the kind of organization that... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'd be able to serve you and your financial planning. So we invite you to come to the seminar if you're just looking for some great content. And we equally invite you to the seminar if you're interested interested in learning more about Edelman Financial and seeing if we might be able to be of service to you as well. Triple H, Plan Rick, or online at ricedelman.com. Stay tuned to The Rick Edelman Show. Providing personal finance advice for over 25 years, this is The Rick Edelman Show. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging around this half hour. I'm Rick Edelman. Uh, You know what an ETF is, don't you? Or at least you've heard of it, Exchange Traded Fund. I've been talking with you about ETFs for over 10 years here on the Rick Edelman Show. They've been around for probably around 20 years or so. We have been studying them for a very long time. It took us about a decade before we decided we wanted to begin offering them as recommendations for our own clients. And why? Why now ETFs? One big reason is that ETFs are very inexpensive. Uh, the According to the uh, research done by ETF.com, the average cost of an ETF, if you invest $10,000, it costs 23 bucks. That's the average cost. This is a, we all know about investing, right? It's all about performance, risks, and fees, including your advisory fee. Well, the lower we can get the fee, 
the more you get to keep out of the performance. So fees matter. There's no question about it. And that's why we've been using in the Edelman Managed Asset Program for, uh, well, since 2005 when we launched EMAP, has been the use of exchange-traded funds in the portfolios. Not exclusively, but we use them to a significant degree. And a big reason is because of cost. There are other investments that are inexpensive as well. Index funds are often inexpensive as well. Institutional share classes and mutual funds often inexpensive as well. So cost is only one consideration. And it's not necessarily uh, the only consideration that matters. Again, you have to pay attention to risks, liquidity, uh, all the features and benefits, risks and, and uh, fees associated with all investment strategies, of course. But there's no question that ETFs offer an advantage in many cases over other types of investment opportunities because they are very inexpensive. And as investment advisors, we pay a lot of attention to investment cost on behalf of our clients. And so we've been promoting and talking about the advantages and opportunities that exist in the world of exchange-traded funds while also warning you about the other risks and other concerns that you need to be aware of with ETFs for a long time. But for, we have found that a lot of folks have never really fully understood ETFs. Now, apparently, the tide has changed. Page one story in the Wall Street Journal last week, investors have poured $124 billion into exchange-traded funds so far this year. This is astonishing. It really shows the consumers are hearing the message. And instead of using antiquated retail mutual funds, where the costs of these funds can in many cases be dramatically higher, five or ten times higher, sometimes even more, depending on the fund you own, investors are realizing they can own something very similar at a much lower cost. But it raises a new question for a lot of investors. If you've never owned exchange-traded funds, how do you do it? And in the world of ETFs, where there are thousands of them available, how do you pick? How do you evaluate them? How do you research them? How do you build a portfolio using them? Well, you basically have two choices. You can engage in the effort yourself and spend a significant amount of time and energy doing that research, or you can delegate that chore to a financial planner and investment advisor. And that pretty well sums up the universe of all investors. You're either a do-it-yourselfer or you're a delegator. That's about it. And you simply need to decide which one you are. Because if you are a do-it-yourselfer, if you enjoy researching this, for you it's almost a hobby. I mean, you'd rather do this than gardening or playing gin with uh, uh, the neighbors. If, if you enjoy this, great. If you have the time to do it, fabulous. And if you know what you're doing, meaning you know how to do the research and you know how to interpret the data that you're looking at from all of the research sites, there's absolutely no reason for you not to be a do-it-yourselfer. You should absolutely go that route. But on the other hand, if you are a do-it-yourselfer and you hire an advisor, you'll be annoyed at the fee you're paying the advisor because you're going to pay the advisor for their services some way or other. And there's no reason for you to pay that fee if you're a do-it-yourselfer. But it does require those three prerequisites. It requires that you have the time, that you have the desire, and that you have the knowledge. If you have those three things, fabulous, you should do it on your own. And I'm willing to bet if you are a do-it-yourselfer, you're very familiar with exchange-traded funds because you've engaged in that research. On the other hand, 
If you lack those three attributes, or simply any one of them, if you don't have the time to do this, because frankly, you're very busy with your life. I mean, you know, you're busy with the job, you're busy with the family, you're busy doing other things. Number two, you don't really want to devote time to doing this. It's a chore. It's drudgery. You don't want to do this any more than you want to prepare your own tax return. You don't want to do this. It's just another chore. So let someone else do it. And number three, you don't even know how to do it. What's beta? What's R squared? What's standard deviation? What's the annual expense ratio? What's the statement of additional information? How does all this stuff work? What's modern portfolio theory and the efficient frontier? If this stuff is mind-numbing to you, if you lack the knowledge, if you lack the time, or you lack the desire, then you're a perfect candidate for delegating to a professional advisor who can do that grunt work for you. That's why people hire Edelman Financial Services and the advisors in our firm. And every other advisory firm as well, because they don't want to do it themselves, they don't have the time to do it themselves, or they don't know how to do it themselves. It's one of those three things. And that's the advantage, is that we do for you what we do for thousands of folks just like you, so that you can get the benefit of the services we provide. We, you'll end up with a portfolio of investments that has been selected and crafted and constructed for you based on your risk tolerance, your need for liquidity, your investment objectives, your uh, goals for rates of return, your uh, efforts to control cost and risk, and that's how the game is played. So you just need to decide how to go about it. But I'm really excited that more than ever, according to ETF.com, consumers are increasingly familiar with exchange-traded funds, and they're taking advantage of it. And this is why we are seeing the flows in the fund industry. If we look at the total mutual fund and exchange-traded fund industry and we look at the flows, the flows are going to lower-cost investments as opposed to higher-cost investments because consumers have gotten it. And also, increasingly, consumers are using advisors who have gotten it. Edelman Financial Services was one of the early adapters of exchange-traded funds. ETF uh, uh, reporter at one point said we were the largest user of exchange-traded funds in the industry. And not everybody was up to speed with it with, uh, compared to us. And I'm really glad and excited to see that these days that trend is showing that uh, there's wide adoption. So if you're not using exchange-traded funds, you might want to ask your financial advisor, why not? And I'll tell you one big reason that many financial advisors are not recommending them. Exchange-traded funds don't pay commissions to advisors to sell them. A lot of mutual funds do. A lot of annuities do. A lot of non-traded REITs do. A lot of the investment products that advisors recommend to their clients provide big commissions, anywhere from a quarter of a percent up to 10% in commissions to the advisor when he recommends that product to you. And ETFs don't pay commissions. And many advisors, therefore, won't recommend them and won't sell them. So you need to ask your advisor about exchange-traded funds. Not because you necessarily want them, but because you want an education. You want to understand. Have you considered ETFs for me? If not, why not? And can we talk about the costs of the investments that you have recommended to me so that we can compare those costs to those of exchange-traded funds and consider all of the other features and benefits and risks and concerns as well for a balanced conversation to determine whether or not ETFs 
are for you. And I think you'll discover that it's in your best interest to do so. A couple of weeks ago, here on the program, we interviewed uh, the deputy sheriff of the Spokane, Washington Sheriff's Department about a scam that they discovered uh, where crooks stole money from an elderly gentleman and they did it using my name. They impersonated me and Edelman Financial Services. We've now produced a video. It's online. You can go to rickedelman.com, ricedelman.com. It's a short video of just a couple of minutes. And I explain to you what the scam was, how it occurred, and how they impersonated me. We're trying to spread the word on this to help other people avoid getting defrauded by crooks that are using my good name and reputation for their own nefarious purposes. So visit rickedelman.com and watch the video of the scam. You'll be fascinated by it. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Truth About Money, 888-PLAN-RICK, online at rickedelman.com. More with the publisher of the newsletter, Inside Personal Finance, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. Do you have a high school senior in your household or maybe a grandchild who's a high school senior? Guess what I'm going to talk about? Nope, not talking about college. I'm talking about driving. Does your high school senior have a driver's license? According to the University of Michigan's latest research, the number of high school seniors who have a driver's license is at an all-time low in modern era. It dropped in 1996, 85%. It's just 20 years ago, 85% of high school seniors had a driver's license. Today, 72%. Why are high school seniors so much less likely to have a driver's license? It's real simple. They don't need one to be with their friends. When you and I were growing up, we needed desperately a car, right? What did Bruce Springsteen call it? The keys to the universe in an old parked car. And I swear I found the key. And if we wanted to be with our friends, if we wanted to go to the mall where they were all hanging out, we needed an automobile. Not anymore. Kids are connected with their friends on their smartphone. They don't have to get out of bed. And many of them don't. I was talking with Jenna. She's my second cousin. She's a college kid. And I said, Jenna, how many friends do you have who you've never met? And she said, a couple of dozen. Good friends of hers that she only knows online inconceivable to you and me, right? So kids don't need driver's licenses anymore to be connected, which might be a good thing because car insurance rates are rising and the industry is blaming smartphones. State Farm did a survey. They're the largest U.S. auto insurer. They did a survey. 36% of drivers admit to texting while driving, one out of three. 29% access the Internet while driving. 20% take photos with their phones while driving. And 10% record video. And oh, by the way, the numbers skyrocket when we talk about 18 to 29-year-olds. 64% of them admit to doing these things. The average auto insurance premium rose almost $1,000 last year, according to the Insurance Information Institute. Rates are rising, even though cars now have better high-tech anti-collision systems. 
The number of automobile deaths jumped 7% in 2015, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. In fact, Cincinnati Financial, a big auto insurance company, says it sees when it goes to the accident scene, when their insurance guy shows up at the scene, they're discovering that the accident sites have no skid marks, which means the driver isn't, doesn't even see it coming because they're staring at their phone. Well, Elon Musk of Tesla, he says the second-generation hardware, which is already in use, can reduce crash rates by 90%. ARC uh, Investments says autonomous taxis are going to dramatically reduce automobile accident rates by 80%. And they believe that investors are undervaluing the opportunity of mobility as a service, which is, in other words, code for Taxis. They think in the next five years it's going to be a $4 trillion marketplace. Ford has invested a billion dollars into an AI company, artificial intelligence, that's focused on self-driving vehicles. But wait! The big news has nothing to do with self-driving cars. Everybody's wondering how long is it going to take for self-driving cars to be the norm in America? It ain't self-driving cars you're going to see that's going to radically change our society It isn't self-driving cars. It's self-flying cars. This is already a reality. In Dubai, they're launching self-driving taxis. Strike that. Self-flying taxis this July. It's a drone that can hold a passenger up to 220 pounds, travel 31 miles at a top speed of 100 miles an hour. Uber is working to build self-flying cars, as are a dozen other entrepreneurial organizations. How is it possible that we're going to leapfrog self-driving cars and go directly to self-flying ones? It's real simple. Take a look at South America. Take a look at Africa. Take a look at their telecom. They don't have a whole bunch of wires connecting buildings so people can make phone calls. They went from the 18th century directly to the 20th. They skipped the hard wiring of the telephone built by Alexander Graham Bell. They went straight to cellular. They didn't build all the wires. They built a cell tower. And by the same notion, countries like Dubai, India, those throughout Africa and South America where they don't have a lot of cars because cars are expensive and they don't have a lot of roads because those are expensive too, they're going to bypass the whole thing and go straight to flying cars. How does it work? It's a drone. All you got to do is build a drone big enough to hold your weight. These things already have GPS systems. They already have camera systems. They already have anti-collision systems. And if Domino's can deliver a pizza by a drone... Why can't it deliver you? So you're just going to go into your backyard, get in, and it's going to take you directly to where you want to go. We're going to see self-flying cars on the market as quickly, perhaps even more quickly, than we see self-driving cars. George Jetson is on his way. This is the kind of information you're going to get in my new book, The Truth About Your Future. Andrew Hessel who's a fellow at the University of Ottawa, their distinguished researcher at the Institute for Science, Society, and Policy, wrote the following about my book. Self-driving cars, 3D printing, genome engineering, and other exponential technologies are rapidly changing the rules of transportation, manufacturing, medicine, even personal finance. 
planning your financial investments without consideration for these seismic shifts is like navigating an unfamiliar metropolis without GPS. Rick Edelman's The Truth About Your Future dares to drink from the fire hose of data on these technologies and distill it into understandable and actionable personal finance insights. It's an essential and timely read. That's Andrew Hessel, the distinguished researcher at the University of Ottawa, about my new book, The Truth About Your Future, the money guide you need now, later, and much later. The book is available the end of this month. You can pre-order it right now at your favorite bookseller. Send me a copy of your receipt to book at rickedelman.com, and I'll send you a special link to a video we've produced just for you. All our clients are getting the video as well, and you can too. Just send me your receipt to book at rickedelman.com and order your copy of The Truth About Your Future. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us. Money doesn't come with instructions. More of your questions coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. It's the Rick Edelman Show. Great to have you with us this weekend. Triple Eight Plan Rick online at ricedelman.com. That's how you can reach me anytime you like. Let's keep going with our telephone calls. In fact, we're heading off to Lake Monticello in Virginia. I didn't know the. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. There's a lake near Monticello in Virginia. But Rennie's with us, who will clarify it for us right away. Hey, Rennie, how are you? Hi, Rick. Uh, yeah, there's a 400-acre lake here. Wow. Was it uh, Charlottesville. How close is it to Monticello? Um, Monticello, about 10 minutes. Charlottesville, about 15. And is it man-made, or is it a natural lake? No, it's it's a man-made lake. So was it there when Jefferson was alive? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that might be why I never... It actually got filled by one of those hurricanes. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well, there's our history lesson for... Or is it a geography lesson? I'm not sure which. But, Randy, there you are. What can I do for you? Yes. Okay, Rick. Uh, what's your opinion on the upfront costs of continuing care retirement communities? Uh, they are potentially good. Um, so uh, uh, CCRC, a continuing care retirement community, is a increasingly common uh, environment for people who are aging and who want to age in place. Uh, I write about this uh, a lot of a whole chapter in my new book, The Truth About Your Future, on this subject, because one of the things that is radically changing in America is the aging of our population. And along with that is the aging healthy 
in America, which means that your future probably doesn't consist of moving into a nursing home. That's what a lot of folks are loath to do. Uh, I don't think anybody particularly volunteers or says, Roy, look forward to the day when I get to move into a nursing home. I don't think that you know really happens a lot. Um, and fortunately, with the improvement of uh, health care and uh, social systems and uh, diet and exercise and uh, all that kind of good stuff, people are not only living longer, they're living healthier than ever, which is dramatically beginning. We're already seeing that the statistical data of this reducing the number of people living in nursing homes. We now have more women over the age of 75 in this country living alone than with relatives. And, I mean, my aunt, she was living alone at the age of 92. Um, And before finally she agreed that it was time for her to go into, guess what, not a nursing home, but an independent living facility where simply she was able to have somebody help her with bringing her meals and all that kind of good stuff so she didn't have to cook by herself at age 92. So let me explain what a continuing care retirement community is. Uh, You move into this facility, and they range uh, like everything else in real estate. Some of them are super high-end, Ritz-Carlton types, and others are more middle-class, middle-America kind of stuff. And you get what you pay for and all that. Nothing, No surprise there. But when you move into these facilities... They have a variety of services. Some of them have single-family homes, and they will also have condos, uh, and you can choose which kind of home you want to move into. And you'll pay based on the home you buy. So you can move into a single-family home, or you can move into one of the smaller condos, and it's a real estate transaction. Just like when you buy real estate, you're buying real estate here. So you're paying a fee to move in. And that fee might be hundreds of thousands of dollars, just like the house you buy might be hundreds of thousands of dollars. By being a resident in the facility, you now have access to all of that facility's services. And these facilities can be huge. Many of them are 30 acres. I mean, they're, it's, it's like living in a golf course community. In fact, many of them do have a golf course in them. Uh, and a clubhouse, and and all kinds of nifty stuff. Uh, And you can avail yourself of the services as you choose, such as eating in the clubhouse if you wish, if you don't want to go shopping and cook for yourself in your own apartment, or um, joining the bridge club that they have available, or taking the shuttle bus over to the local mall, and uh, outings to cultural events. I mean, you can avail yourself of the communities to the extent you want. Most people do avail themselves. That's the fun of living in a place like this. But here's the interesting thing. As you age, you might no longer be able to live independently. You might need assisted living. So you can move from the home you bought into the assisted living center. And if your health continues to worsen, you can move from the assisted living facility into the nursing home that they have on site. All of that already prearranged by your purchase of the property when you moved in. And you will pay, that's why you're paying these hundreds of thousands of dollars. Many of these facilities go a step further and they say, when you move out or when you die, 60% of the money you paid or 80% of the money you paid or some percentage, depending on the deal you struck, is refunded to your heirs. So you're not really spending the money, you're just making a big deposit on it. 
and uh, you'll pay a monthly fee for services in addition to the upfront cost, and the monthly fee depends on the level of services you're getting. Obviously, the independent living folks are paying a lot less monthly than the nursing home folks are paying. Uh, So a continuing care retirement community is a fabulous concept for those who like the package and for those who can afford the package, because this is something that does require assets. Most folks come up with the assets by selling the house they have and moving, you know, moving that money over to the new CCRC. So it's definitely worth consideration. Recognize it's a big decision like any other real estate decision. So you want to have your eyes wide open. You want to be able to have a lawyer evaluate the contract. You want to have a financial planner review the property with you so that you really do understand the services that they're providing, the fees you're paying, and the details associated, especially if you're married. Big question, for example, comes up. What happens if one of you needs more care than the other? What if one of you needs to go to assisted living but not both of you? There was a lawsuit, in fact, a couple of years ago at one CCRC where uh, the husband had a stroke and they were living in independent living on the property. He had a stroke and needed to go to assisted living. No problem. He got the care he needed. Here's where the lawsuit came up. The wife took the husband, he was in a wheelchair, to the clubhouse to dine. And the clubhouse refused their entry, saying those under assisted living are not allowed to eat here. Why? Because the independent living folks don't want to be surrounded by people in wheelchairs. And there was a lawsuit filed under ADA, the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, arguing discrimination, and you know it, it became a really big deal. So you want to know, what are the policies of the property regarding issues like that? Will the two of you be able to continue to live together if one of you needs more care than the other, and things along those lines? So, um, so you want to be careful in your due diligence. But the concept is a viable one and an increasingly common one, and one of many scenarios that I describe in my book, The Truth About Your Future. You might want to pre-order order it so that you can really grab onto that chapter to look at all the different options, echo villages and um, shared housing. And the list goes on and on and on that the book covers because one of those scenarios is likely in your future. Thank you very much, Rick. That was really interesting, especially about the spousal part. I didn't know about that. Most folks don't because this is new for all of us. Our parents, you know, we're familiar with nursing homes because our parents lived in one or our grandparents lived in one. But the notion of these types of properties that exist today, it's all new to us. And that's why it's really important to get up to speed on the options that are available. Because the bottom line is this. You have more options available to you now than ever before. The options are all better than any of the options previously available. And you don't need to assume that you're going to be stuck in one of those horrific, stereotyped nursing homes of yesteryear. Those days are gone. So your future is going to be happier and better and brighter. But it also means more expensive, and more complicated. So getting good advice will be helpful as you explore all this for the first time. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Randy. I really appreciate the phone call. Make sure you're dealing with a financial planner who is familiar with all of this because, quite frankly, most planners, in my experience, are not because traditional stereotyped training of financial planning is about IRAs and investment management and buying life insurance. It's not dealing with elder care issues and senior housing issues. All of that is a lot of the reason why I've written my book, The Truth About Your Future, the money guide you need now, later, and much later. You can pre-order it right now at your favorite bookseller. 
I'm Rick Edelman. Charles Schwab is getting sued by one of its own employees. Why? It's 401k plan. The lawsuit claims that the 401k plan being used by Charles Schwab for the benefit of its own employees charges excessive fees, engages in improper practices like using plan assets as interest-free loans, and makes employees purchase Schwab mutual funds, which the lawsuit says are overpriced and underperformed. They're seeking class action status on this. We'll have to see if that occurs. It's happened elsewhere. Fidelity had a similar lawsuit filed against it. It settled for $12 million. Ameriprise also had a lawsuit by its own employees. They settled for $27.5 million. You've got to ask yourself a question in your 401k plan where you work. Is your plan operating in your best interests? If you have any questions about it, call us. You might want to take a look at the Edelman 401k. Invite your employer to look at the Edelman 401k and see if we can't help you get the 401k plan you want. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us. Named by Talkers Magazine as one of the heavy hundred talk show hosts in America, this is The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. You're listening to The Truth About Money online at rickedelman.com. You know, that's where you go if you want to get the full seminar schedule. We're doing Preparing for Retirement. It's a seminar that I know you're really going to enjoy covering three subjects that you care about, how to invest the money in your retirement plan at work, how to invest the money in your IRA, and how to generate income from those accounts in retirement. Also, Social Security. Are you sure that you know how to maximize the benefits when you become eligible for Social Security for you, your spouse, and your children? And finally, beneficiary designations, your annuities, your life insurance, your retirement accounts, your IRA accounts. They all have beneficiary designations. Have you set them correctly? Come to the seminar, Preparing for Retirement, and make sure that you have it right. We're doing the seminar this Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 7 p.m. everywhere in Arlington Heights and Tinley Park in Chicagoland, in uh, Maryland and Virginia, Columbia, Towson, Fairfax, Alexandria, Columbus, Ohio, San Diego, Richmond, Virginia, St. Louis, Hartford, Connecticut, and Southbury, and in Tarrytown, New York. 7 p.m., it's uh, just $15 a person, 25 a couple. You can register online at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. And you can get the full seminar schedule because we're doing the seminar throughout the month of March as well as April all over the country. Get the full seminar schedule at ricedelman.com. Click that seminar button, and it'll show you everything you need to know about the seminar and where you can go to get it and how to register. I'm Rick Edelman. We're uh, heading off to Oakland, Michigan. We're talking with Al now. Welcome to the program, Al. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing wonderful. How can I help you? I will be 66 years old, and uh, I have filed for Social Security uh, in March. And now I'm questioning whether or not I should uh, take it or whether I should delay it until 70 years old. Yeah, let me ask you this first of all. second thoughts about it. Yeah, I understand. Let me ask you this first of all, Al. Are you, when you uh, hit March, is that your full retirement age? Or are you simply, is that your birthday? No, that's my full retirement age. Okay, and that matters. The reason I'm mentioning this, not so much for your benefit, but for everybody listening. 
you're you qualify for full Social Security benefits, not at a given birthday, 65, 66, 67, but at your full retirement age and your full retirement age, FRA, depends on your date of birth. In other words, your full retirement age might be 66 and four months or 66 and nine months or whatever. And that's why I asked the question. So you want to look at it at your full retirement age. But here's the interesting thing. Although you qualify for full Social Security benefits at your full retirement age, you don't have to take it necessarily at that point. You can take it earlier, as early as age 62, you'll get less, a lot less, or you could delay it to age 70, at which point you'll get more, a lot more. So the news is very simple. The sooner you take it, the less you get per month. The later you wait, the more you'll ultimately get monthly, but you have to wait to get it. So the question is real simple. How long are you going to live? <laughs> right? Because if we knew exactly how long you would live, we would know for sure when you should start taking the check. If you knew you were going to die in a year, we'd say, take the check now. Quick, hurry up. But if we knew you were going to live to 100, we would say, oh, my goodness, wait till you're 70. Because in the long run, we'll be a better off. So since we don't know life expectancy, or you know, we can guess, we can have an estimate based on your current health and family history. But you never know if you're going to step off a curb right, and get hit by a bus. So we never really know life expectancy. So we need to look at other data at other information. So let's start with this one. Are you still working? I work part-time. And how much is your income? Uh, my income is about $50,000 a year. Okay. So for that reason alone, I would say don't take the check. And the reason is that much of that check will be subject to taxes, which doesn't okay. apply by the time you're 70. Okay? So we would generally say that if you're still working, don't take the check because you would lose so much of the benefit to taxes. Another question I would ask is, are you married? Yes, I am. Is your spouse working? Yes, she is. She's quite younger than I am. Oh. She makes quite a bit more than I do. And how much younger is she? Six years. So you're 66. She's 60. And the mm -hmm. reason this matters is because of survivor benefits. Many workers qualify for higher benefits as a spouse than they do as a worker themselves. Doesn't sound like that's the case for you because she makes a lot more money than you, but we want to figure that into the equation. We would also, by looking at the age differential, consider the fact that you are likely to die first, not only because you're older, but because men generally have a lower life expectancy than women. So for those reasons, we would want to do some calculations to see if it might make better sense for your wife to start taking her benefit as a spouse rather than her benefit as a worker until she reaches full retirement age or age 70. She can't do it yet because she's not 62, but we want to do this advanced planning. So there, it's a ridiculously complicated conversation as to when is it best to take Social Security. And it matters as to your income, your age, your health, your marriage, the difference in ages between you and your spouse, incomes between you and your spouse, and other survivor issues such as children, potentially children under the age of 16, and, and whether or not they're in school. And it gets on and on and on. And that's why there's really no substitute for meeting with a personal financial advisor who can look at all this in much greater detail. But based on the limited information you've given me here, predominantly the fact you're still working, I would say no, don't take the check yet. Okay. Okay. I really, I don't need the money. That's even more reason not to do it. 
<laughs> if you don't need the money, why bother? Because the longer you wait, the more you'll ultimately receive once you start taking the checks. Well, I thought in my mind, if I, if I took the money now and then invested the money, um, I would have a lot more at, at age 70 than by waiting until age 70. Yes. However, it's not a question of going to age 70. It's a question of going to the crossover point, which is now about 14 to 19 years. So it's not age 70 that matters a whole lot. It's actually about age 85. And we would need to do that calculation with you to verify, in fact, whether your strategy of take a smaller check now, save it, invest it, let it grow, so that it itself can produce income in the future, it takes about 14 to 18 years. And I did, I did the math based on, um, on 85 years old, and if I took it at 66 in comparison to, uh, to waiting until 70, if I wait until 70, I will, I will receive about $27,000 more between then and age 85. And it's unlikely that you would be able to generate enough savings between 66 and 70 to compensate for that differential. Now, there are other, there's one other final factor I'll give you since we're playing this game. You don't need the money now. Do you have children? Correct. Do you have children? Uh, they're all they're all grown. Uh, they're all away, and they all can buy and sell me. Okay, because I was going to say maybe they could use the money now, or maybe grandkids no. could use the money now. You just keep you just keep reinforcing my advice of don't take the cash. Okay. 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 Thanks. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Al. I'm really glad you called. Uh, you know, you can get quick personal finance updates from me. Just follow me on Twitter at Rice Delman or like us on Facebook by searching Rick Edelman. And you can also pre-order my book, The Truth About Your Future. And if you do so right now and send me a copy of your receipt, just email me to book at rickedelman.com, book at rickedelman.com, and I'll send you a special link to a video available only to you. I'm Rick Edelman, and I'll see you next week. Get the truth about money every weekend on The Rick Edelman Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.